with new quarantine rules in China for travelers coming through certain countries, you may want to double check your itineraries before heading out. Our Shanghai office also held a meeting with the city's vice mayor and a new draft policy might allow foreigners to apply for permanent residency. This week, it's the latest from Shanghai, from the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington, D.C. I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Owen Hockey is our chief representative in Shanghai. Hey, Owen. Welcome back. Hey, Ian. Hope you're doing well. I am indeed. All right. So what do people need to know about China's new quarantine policies if they're planning on traveling anytime soon? Yeah. Over the past few days, we've been looking at measures that China has put into place mm-hmm. on um, travelers that are coming from outside of China uh, into China. As you know, you've seen cases of COVID-19 increase outside of China in uh, a variety of different locations. And in response to this, China's designated four different countries as high risk. These include South Korea, Japan, Iran, and Italy. Anyone traveling from these countries or if they're passing through those countries, this includes a transit on an international flight. Uh, So if you'd booked a itinerary to China that is transferring you through South Korea or Japan, um, that you would be subject to a uh, 14-day quarantine. This could come in the form of a mandatory at-home quarantine, or if you don't have a residence in that location, um, then you could go to a facility designated by the government for quarantine. Yeah. So this is something to be aware of for anyone that has itineraries booked to travel to China. A company should be aware of this if they have staff or executives that are planning to return to China from overseas. Um, this has also impacted some flights um, outside of those four high-risk uh, countries, um, such as from Europe. If the flight does have someone that is coming from a high-risk location on their flight, for example, then perhaps that anyone on the plane could also be subject to quarantine requirements. Yeah. Uh, so I think companies that are looking at sending folks from overseas back to China just need to make sure that they are aware of these um, uh, measures in place uh, and have the expectation that they could potentially be quarantined um, in the, if they're coming to China. Right. Uh, right now, flight options are limited uh, coming from uh, the U.S. Uh, to China. I think China Eastern only has three direct flights. The U.S. carriers are not operating flights, um, so you'd likely have to transit if you're booking a flight on a U.S. carrier. Um, so please do take a look at your itinerary and also um, the local quarantine requirements. It does depend on the district um, that you're going to. So if you're going to Shanghai, for example, different districts that you may be residing in may have different policies on quarantine. So sometimes it's hard to tell in advance um, what kind of quarantine measures will be in place or imposed on you um, if you're traveling to China until you're actually there. Well, some that, this is something that we'll be monitoring pretty closely here to see what kind of a other countries may be added to the list as we do see cases go up in other countries outside of China. So are any of these changes going to impact the State Department's current level four advisory? Yeah, this could have an impact on the U.S. government's travel advisory. It's currently still at level four, uh, which is a do not travel to China advisory by the U.S. State Department. So if you're seeing additional restrictions coming, if people are coming to China and they are subject to uh, mandatory quarantine, this could have an impact on on that. But some of the other factors, I think, that may come into consideration as they look at this travel advisory requirement 
or keeping it at level four have to do with healthcare access, uh, which we've seen an improvement on in China and in Shanghai in particular. If you need to go to the hospital for you know, any other reason, uh, you are able to and now have more access to the healthcare system there. Uh, potentially also opening schools at some point in the nearer future. If that happens, I think that's positive. It looks like they're getting to the point where uh, maybe we could see some schools open back up. Um, also, there still are flights uh, options you know, to leave uh, or come into China. Uh, but if we do see more of those close, uh, then that could have an impact on that travel advisory as well. So I think that travel advisory uh, at level four will still be in place for, for some time. But there's certain areas that I think may come in their consideration where we're seeing things move into a more uh, you know, positive uh, direction of, of normalcy uh, in certain areas, but uh, we're watching those flights and ability to come in and out of China and also additional quarantine measures that may come into place as well. All right, so change the topic. Uh, I heard you guys met with the Shanghai vice mayor. How, how did that go? In Shanghai last week, this was on March 3rd, U.S.-China Business Council led a group of eight U.S.C.B.C. member companies to meet with the Shanghai vice mayor, Xu Kunli. This was a meeting that was uh, initiated by the Shanghai government. They were interested in hearing the challenges that companies are facing now during this period of time related to the uh, COVID-19 and also offering their support to those companies that may be facing challenges that are impacting their ability to operate. The companies that we brought with us raised a variety of concerns uh, and asked how the Shanghai government may be able to support them. Uh, but you know, first of all, they noted that they are seeing an impact on their sales and revenue in China, uh, some companies more significant than others. But I think across industries, um, you are seeing many companies see an impact on their overall revenue and sales uh, here in, in the first quarter of this year. Mm -hmm. An issue that companies raised to the government as well is a lack of access or a source to purchase equipment, uh, protective equipment that may be needed or required by the local governments for them to reopen. Um, so the government has also been, I think, supportive and the Shanghai government as well in helping companies identify sources so that they can acquire uh, some of the protective equipment that's needed. This includes masks, uh, you know, hygienic related wipes, uh, things like that, that disinfectants that may be required for companies for them to uh, open operations. So uh, governments have been supportive of that. We've also seen other provincial governments outside of Shanghai offer assistance to companies so that they can uh, access that equipment that they need to operate. Right. Companies also noted that their operational costs are up. This includes labor costs, uh, transport, and also shipping costs that they have, uh, you know, especially air freight. If they're shipping product from China to outside of China, costs have went up uh, for them. Uh, the Shanghai government says, you know, what they're trying to figure out sometimes individually with companies about anything that can help them to uh, alleviate mm -hmm. some of those burdens that they have with increased cost during this period of time. Yeah. Supply chain is also an issue that companies have raised. Many small, medium sized uh, suppliers still may not be fully operational yet. Um, also, logistics-related challenges that companies are facing. Uh, one company noted that they're facing some issues with customs and bringing, bringing product into China. Uh, Shanghai government said that they'd be able to support them to get that uh, figured out. Um, so things like that, the anything related to uh, moving product around uh, that companies may be facing challenges at with you know, local government officials. Shanghai government has been very supportive and can help companies kind of on a one-on-one -on -one basis there uh, to get those issues resolved. 
Companies also raised a call for tariff reductions uh, to help reduce some of the costs that they're facing. And this is also because uh, China uh, a couple of weeks ago also had um, put out a list of products that they'd offer exclusions on. And this is kind of follow up related to the U.S.-China uh, phase one trade deal. And we've seen some companies that were able to successfully apply and get some of these exclusions on tariffs. So for certain products, that option does exist. And um, uh, also something that some of our member companies are proactively seeking so that they can get those exclusions. And then that'll help reduce some of their costs that they're facing uh, in terms of uh, tariffs that they have to pay on bringing product into China. And what kind of responses did those concerns get? The Shanghai government, uh, in response to some of these company concerns, uh, noted that they are working very closely and, and trying to meet with companies on a one-to-one basis. They're supposed to meet with hundreds of companies here uh, over this uh, period of time to learn about their concerns and try and help them resolve them. Uh, but they also noted the need to still be cautious, particularly with uh, cases rising overseas. So um, we will see continue to see quarantine measures, uh, you know, uh, enforced and also uh, uh taken for uh, companies or people that are traveling uh, to Shanghai from high risk areas. Also, you know, they just open up their ability to support these companies, especially through the uh, Commerce Commission, China Commerce Commission, should companies run into any kind of issues that are impacting their ability to operate. All right. Last but not least, I hear there's draft legislation that might let foreigners apply for a permanent residency status. Yeah, one other thing we've been looking at over these past few days is that the Ministry of Justice is soliciting comments on a permanent residence option for foreigners that are working in China. Uh, This would allow uh, a permanent residence for qualified uh, foreign workers. Uh, That's something that would be very challenging to uh, get at this point in time. Uh, It would help reduce some of the administrative burdens that may be required for companies that have foreign employees in China where they may need to renew uh, their work permit, uh, their residence permit every year. Uh, So companies that do have uh, foreign employees in China, it's something that you can take a look at. This is out for comments through March 27th. And um, we do have a copy of some of the language uh, in English and Chinese uh, as well. If companies are interested in looking at that, I think it would be of interest to anyone's uh, China HR teams if you have uh, foreigners and non-Chinese that are uh, employed in your operations in China. All right. People can get a hold of you if they are interested in that. We will include your email below. As always, Owen, thanks for the wrap up. Thank you, Ian. Talk to you next time. Again, Owen Hockey is our chief representative in Shanghai. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S.-China Business Council, and you can learn more about our work on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review, and go ahead and send it to a couple of your colleagues that might like it as well. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week.